Welcome to this week's episode of the Hinted Neuron Podcast. On the show with me today is Brendan Kumarasamy. Brendan is the founder of Master Talk, a YouTube channel he founded to teach the world about public speaking. Apart from that, he coaches dozens of students and tech executives on the art of public speaking. We talked about public speaking, how to conquer the fear of public speaking, how to master your talk, and finally, we talked about the meaning of life. If you've not done so, please subscribe, leave a review with five stars on Apple Podcast, and share this episode with your friends. And now, Here's my conversation to Brendan Kumarasamy. So, man, I've been binge watching your YouTube channel since like <laughs> the other day. I'm, I was so surprised because I, that's like a no bullshit way to just, you know, get speed up in, get sped up in how to talk, how to master talk presentations. It's just so direct, man. So what was the inspiration to start this YouTube channel? Because, I mean, you have great content right there. Of course, Calvin. It's very kind of you to say that. I really appreciate you you taking the time to let me know. But yeah, for me, if it was simple, man. Like when I was in university, I used to do these things called case competitions. So think of it like present. Think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So while other guys my age were, you know, they were watching college football or soccer or rugby or playing those sports two of things of which I would never do. <laughs> I was watching other people present and that was my life. So I presented over 500 times, coached dozens of people on public speaking. So when I graduated from university and I got a job in technology consulting in the corporate world, I kind of just said, what do I do with my life now? You know, I have a great job, a great family. Is there anything more I can contribute to the world? And that's when the idea for Master Talk came to be because I realized that public speaking information, to your point, isn't direct on YouTube and sucks. You know, so if someone like you wants to learn public speaking, you either have to pay someone like me thousands of dollars or, exactly. right, which you don't have, or you go to YouTube and you watch these crappy videos from people who aren't spending a lot of time thinking about the content. So I, so I saw an opportunity to help a lot of people. So I started making videos in my basement, more specifically my mother's basement. One thing led to another. I got better over time. And here we are today. Yeah, because, you know, most of these um, speak public speaking videos is just about telling you, imagine that the that that your audience is naked, don't look into their <laughs> eyes, this whole point. Like, what, what did you even think of those? What do you think of those points? Because there are so many of those crappy points online. I completely agree with you, man. And, you know, I thought about this a lot, Kelvin, in the sense of, why is the content so bad? Because if you think about business, like let's say you want to be an entrepreneur, there is amazing content out there. Like Valuetainment is an amazing YouTube channel. I listen to that a lot. And those people don't need to create content. Think about Gary Vaynerchuk, Seth Godin. They don't need to do that because you know they're extremely wealthy, but they do it because they want to give back to society. But nobody is doing that in public speaking. And the reason is because Public speaking coaching for everyone listening is a very niche skill. Not many people have that skill. So let's say, for example, you're very good at communication. In that percentage of people, there's only a very small fraction of people that can teach communication. So it's one thing to do something, but it's another thing to teach it. And within that category of people, let's say there's like, I don't know, there's not a lot, but let's say, I don't know, for the sake of this conversation, I'll give a random number like uh, 10,000. I don't know. It's probably more, but who knows? So within that realm, most of those people make a lot of money. So let's say, for example, I have 12 CEO clients. 
Well, they each pay me $10,000 a year for my coaching. And then, you know, they recommend me to other CEOs. I don't really need uh, to make free content, right? I need 10 PCOs and then I'm done. I make a living and I don't need to write free content for people. That's why most people who create communication content are not in the top 1% of speech coaches in the world. That's why the content is so bad. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. You you say a lot of things now. Sorry, I didn't even introduce you well. Let's, you know, let's talk about all the things you do apart from the YouTube channel, coaching, your like public speaking whole business. Let's let's give it out to the audience. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So so Master Talk is my my main child, you know, where I, I share, you know, a bunch of information on communication, public speaking with the world to learn from. So people like you. And obviously, you know, I coach executive clients on how to manage public speaking, also speak at different conferences and attend them as well. Yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting. You know, for an introvert like me, it's, it's really hard, you know, getting to talk publicly and doing all those stuff. I mean, you might have had introverts as your clients, so I'm, so many of them. How how'd you get them up to speed with this whole thing? Yeah, of course. And I actually made a whole video on that that you should check out. But the point yeah. is that I draw on that video is that being an introvert and a great speaker is a myth. You know, a lot of people think mm. that introverts have trouble communicating. That's not true. There's so many introverts in theater. How does that make any sense? Right? Let's not, that's not the core issue. The core issue is introverts aren't aware of their unique strengths as speakers because we, we put these extrovert people like me, essentially, on pedestals and they go, oh, this guy, Brendan, is such a great communicator and all this stuff. But they don't think about what strengths do they have that I learned from them? So I'll give you some examples to think about this. Introverts are a lot better at pausing and silencing, Kelvin. So let's say, for example, we use pauses, like I'm demonstrating right now, to emphasize a specific part in our presentation. Introverts have a much easier time with that because they spend most of their time alone. Uh, not alone, but less. there's less talking in their day-to-day. So the, a lot of that space in their day is filled with silence. So whenever I coach an introvert, who are usually my best uh, clients, by the way, they usually go, oh yeah, I understand that, Brent. That's pretty easy. And in five minutes, they're doing it. But an extrovert like me, oh God, it is so challenging <laughs> because I love, like in this conversation, man, like I'm dominating yeah. the entire thing. I'm talking, talking. <laughs> I, know so, I know it's a podcast that it's about me. So I have to talk about me, but you know what I mean? Like sure. I'm just, I'm, I'm yapping. So whenever there's a pause, whenever there's a silence, I get super uncomfortable. I'm like, uh, uh, I got to fill it up with something. So yeah. it took me years to master silences, something that takes an introvert weeks to get the same result. Number two, that's just one, right? I'm just getting started. Number two, introverts are much better listeners. Once again, you're listening to me. You're much better than I am because I'm yapping, yapping, yapping. I'm not asking you questions. I'm just talking about me. So that means it's harder for me to say, hey, what does Kelvin care about? How can I tailor this message or this podcast in a way that speaks to his audience perfectly? But I didn't do that. Whereas an introvert would spend a lot more time listening to what you need and tailor their presentation, something I struggled with early. I don't struggle with it anymore, but I used to. Number three, introverts are much better at creating space for their audience. So think about it. Let's say we compare us, <laughs> Gary Vaynerchuk with Seth Godin. So for those who don't know, Gary V is like a pretty uh, loud speaker, very successful yeah. speaker. <laughs> loud but what's well, yeah, he's a loud guy. But what's interesting about Gary, because he's an extroverted speaker, is he pol- he's very polarizing. So what that means is he's very extreme. 
whenever you think about Gary, you either really, really like him, you're either a huge fan or you really hate them. There's no in between. You don't look sure. at Gary, you're not indifferent. You're not like, oh, you know, I'm not sure. You either go, I really like this guy, so I'm a huge fan of him to be like transparent. But there's other people that I know that are like, I hate this guy. So when you're an extrovert as a speaker, you always alienate part of the audience. Part of the audience always goes, yeah, I don't like this person. But if you think about Seth Godin, so for those who know, Seth Godin is a very successful speaker as well. More successful than Gary Vee, actually. Not many people know this. And uh, he has a top 10 block in the world. Very successful. Yeah, guy. sure. Yeah. There is nobody that I know who goes like, who says this, I hate Seth Godin. There's nobody who says that because he's more introverted as a speaker. So there's nobody in the audience who goes, I don't like this person. They go, oh, you know, Seth's a good guy. Seth's a really good speaker. Nobody says bad things about him. And that's the advantage of being an introverted speaker. So the point of the message, Kelvin, is not if you're an introvert and an extrovert, but are you willing to learn from the other person? That's the difference. Yeah. If you're an introvert, are you willing to learn from the extrovert? If you're an extrovert, are you willing to learn from the introvert? Uh, that was well put. I like the way you put it. <laughs> so, so unique. So you, you, there's this thing you said, like, I, you know, I just want to bring it to your attention. It's like, most, I, I think I saw it on your website when I was, you know, you say um, public speaking must be something to look forward to rather than a burden to overcome. You know, I've been thinking about it because most of what I've done, most of the presentations I've done, I've, it has always been this burden I've been trying to overcome. Like, okay, let me just get this thing done with so that I could rest easy. You know, doing public speaking, doing presentations, that just thing really sucks for me. You know, maybe just expand on that a little. Absolutely. So, so one way, and you've known me so far that I always expand a lot rather than a little, <laughs> but the idea is pretty simple. Right? The issue that you brought up really well is our perception of public speaking is off. You know, like people ask me all the time, man, they go, oh, Brendan, how do I get better at communication? How do I get over my fear? And so many speech coaches go, you need to breathe. You need to drink a glass of water. But that's the wrong approach. We're solving the symptom, not the core issue. Because what you're telling them what, by telling them that they should breathe and that they water is that the, the fear exists, that they should be afraid, which is wrong. They shouldn't be afraid. Let me explain why. Let's think about this. Where does the fear of public speaking even come from? I've talked to people in New Zealand, Japan, you know, anywhere, any country you've named, maybe except for like North Korea or something. I've talked to somebody in that country, right? And they all, they're all scared of public speaking. So why is that? And I've asked this question for a long time. Here's the answer. The answer is another question, which is where do we give most of our presentations? Because that's where the answer lies. And the answer is school, right? Sure. Right. That's where we give most of our presentations, which means all of our presentations are forced. We don't wake up one morning and say, hey, Calvin, you want to like uh, present today? Uh, you want to get a breakfast <laughs> and then present all that? Nobody does that, right? Literally nobody, unless you're Brendan. But other than that, you don't do that. So you're in high school and three things happen. One, you don't present something you're passionate about. You don't, you, you know, it's history class. It's the Renaissance and you're sitting there, it's like a fruit. Then you figure it out. Number two, students don't care to listen to you. Not because they don't care about you. You're a great person. I'm a great person. That's not the issue. The issue is that while you're presenting, they're worried about their own presentation because they're presenting 10 minutes after you. So they're not exactly. paying attention to you. Exactly. Number three, right? We're just getting started. Don't worry, man. <laughs> Number three, <laughs> teachers are too stressed to coach us. 
teachers are very smart. Teachers are very well educated. My sister's an English teacher. Got a lot of respect for them. But they're also very stressed. They got 50 students in a classroom, two classes to go through all of them. They can't sit you down for 10 minutes, Kelvin, and go, you know, Kelvin, let's talk about your presentation for 10 minutes. Let's see how we can make it better. They don't have time for that. So let's recap. You never get to pick the topic. Or if you do, it's not something you're passionate about. You're, you're speaking to students who don't want to listen to you. And you're being taught by teachers who are too stressed to coach you. And this happens in everything. Math, sciences, languages, gym, music, arts, on and on and on and on. We're taught to believe that public speaking is a chore. Public speaking is a responsibility. It's an obligation. If we're at school, it's tied to a grade. If we're at work, it's tied to a result. No wonder we're all scared of public speaking. Because whenever we fail, we get punished for it. Whether it's a lower grade or a promotion that we don't get at work. And that is the core issue. The way we get over the fear of public speaking, Calvin, is by first understanding that that fear has nothing to do with us, but the system in which we learned public speaking, period. That was really, really interesting, man. I liked your point because they are so realistic. There's like, there's like all the things that really happened, you know, all the things I've also experienced, you know, because most times when I want to give presentations, I'm like, okay, I want to make it interesting. And where do I add humor? Where do I add wit? You know, all this kind of stuff. And is it, it just gets me in a way good. I don't know what I'm doing because like nobody's there to coach me on these things and the the jokes I want to add, are they funny? What's happening here? You know, all those things, you know, it messes up my mind most times while presenting. Absolutely. Completely agree, man. It's And that's the thing. No one's simplifying this for people. And by understanding that public speaking is a skill, like playing the piano or, you know, doing karate or cooking, they can be that much closer to mastering communication. Yeah, exactly. So apart from students, you know, and entrepreneurs, what kind of people do you coach again, mostly? Yeah, so I would say most of my private clients these days, it wasn't like that at the beginning, of course, when I was coaching people, it was mostly for free and in university. But after the, after the YouTube channel started, it shifted a lot to um, CEOs of technology companies, mostly speakers. Uh, people who really want to make a difference, people who really want to accelerate their communication skills. So it's mostly high-level executives, I would say, companies. So that's that's great. So for 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 your audience now, maybe people you've coached and people you've you know mentored. How long do you think these guys get up to speed? Like they start seeing results in their own life, in their own presentations, with practice and all the stuff. Uh, with me, probably a week. Uh, the reason is because I'm pretty intense, as you probably can realize from the video content that I've been pushing out. <laughs> sure. So so I make my executives do really uncomfortable things. And I'm happy to share it with people as well. So you can do that at your own home. It's just as a coach, it forces you to kind of do it because I kind of have a, a stick uh, pointed at you if you don't do it. But uh, for, for the audience who's listening. So one thing I highly recommend is what I call the random word exercise. Uh, you might have seen it, but basically what it is, is you pick a random word, and we could demonstrate this right now, where you, sure, you essentially it. make a present. Yeah, just give me a random word, uh, Kevin. Okay, mm bottle. Bottle? Gotcha. <laughs> so what I, need to do, what I need to do with this word is I need to create a presentation out of thin air. So here I go. I wake up one morning, and as I'm getting out of bed, 
I see a cup of water next to me and I start drinking it. I realize how fresh and serene that glass of water is. Getting ready for work, but right before work, I need to go on a little run. And obviously, you know, shoes are important for a good run. The gear that you wear is important. Your mindset going into the run is essential. But the most important object that most people seem to forget is a bottle. Because bottles allow us to contain the most important essential need that we need to complete that marathon, which is the water in the bottle. Bottles aren't just an object. They're a way of being. They're a way for us to contain the essentials that we need in our everyday life. They help us contain the way that we manage our life and they help us manage our life that much better. That's why in today's presentation, I'm going to explain that how simple this bottle is has so many more complexities that meets the eye. So notice how like I just invented that thinner. But the point that I'm driving here with the random word exercise is a couple of things. Number one, do not compare yourself to me. I've done this over 2,000 times, literally. Yeah. Every podcast I'm on, I always do it. So I'm forced to practice even if I don't want to, right? Number yeah. two, all I'm asking for is five minutes out of your day. Wake up, pick five objects, light bulb, laundry, clothes, uh, I don't know, tree, floor. Make one-minute presentations, not 20 minutes, one-minute presentations for each one, and do it every day. If you do the exercise for a year, every day, five minutes, you'll have done the exercise as many times as I have. Third thing, the last thing I want to point out is the mental shift is a huge plus for everyone who does this. The reason it's a mental shift is if you can talk about hippos for a minute, Mm. when you go back to your subject matter expertise, the thing that you've spent your life working on, the thing that you've spent a month working on, that presentation suddenly becomes a joke. It's like running a 40-mile race or a 40-kilometer marathon if you practice 60. If you practice for 60, who cares about running 40? Same thing about presentations. If you can talk about a subject you have nothing, no experience and you know nothing about, when you go into a presentation you spent a month preparing, well, you're going to go through that a breeze. That's that's very very interesting because you know I'm you know I'm a software engineer and you know this podcasting thing is just a side for me and most times when I want to pitch ideas you know present I'm mostly presenting like Elon Musk I mean you you've seen the way the guy um, Elon Musk presents I don't yeah, know if no, you've I'm seen with... some of his presentations so I'm just you know very shaky very shaky and sometimes I don't know if it's fear or what because I felt like maybe someone like Elon should have gotten someone to help him you know he has money should have gotten someone to help him skill up in that aspect I agree like I think that's the reason I started Master Talk is for the next change makers after me. Like you could imagine, uh, right? Uh, I'm sure you, you're probably thinking yourself, Kelvin, I don't need to make YouTube videos to make money, right? Like I really don't. Sure. Right? Sure. The reason why I'm making YouTube videos is to help other people. That's why I made the videos. And for me, like my dream, right, would be the next Elon Musk comes up to me one day in like 30 years. And he comes up to me and he said, hey, you know, Brendan, when I was 15, I was watching your videos and I learned a lot about communication. And now he's like running the next SpaceX or she's running the next thing. Like I want to be the bridge between everybody who wants to make a difference in the world and will do anything to get there. So for example, if I existed when Elon was 12 and he knew about Master Talk, 
he would have learned communication at 15 and he wouldn't have this issue today, right? Because now he doesn't value communication. But for the next person, yeah. um, hopefully they, they find out about me and I, I make it so that, uh, <laughs> so that they learn from me at a young age. And, and, and communication is like the most important, especially spoken communication. That's like the fastest way to communicate and it's really the most important thing because, I mean, you could choose writing, you could be an author, but I mean, you still need to speak and you need to speak very well for people to buy into what you have or any other kind of your ideas or anything you want to sell. Absolutely. Completely agree, man. So let me just ask you two questions and maybe we could just, you know, I'll leave the floor for you to talk about anything you want to say. So. Just two questions. If you could teach anything in the world to anybody right now, what would it be? I'll give you a very unconventional answer, uh, Kelvin. It would be how to be more insane. So my favorite quote of all time is be insane or be the same. If you want to be like everyone else, that's totally fine. But if you've made it this far into the conversation, you're still listening to this podcast. My guess is that you want to make a difference. You want to do something important with your life. So my advice is the only way to do that in a big way is to be a little bit more crazy. Don't you find it all odd that as a 22-year-old, I started a YouTube channel, not on vlogging, not on comedy, not on pranks, but on public speaking and communication. Then I went on to coach C-level executives at 23. But at the same time, I'm having this very conversation with you on a mattress in my mother's basement. I don't plan on moving out of my mother's house for another five (laughs) years. And I also don't own a car. So how do any of these decisions make any sense to anyone? And that is the point. When you get to a place in your life where all of the decisions that you make only make sense to the only person that matters, which is you, you're probably on the right track to making a big difference in the world. That's very, very, very interesting. So my second question is, you know, it's just a little bit odd. What is the meaning of life? (laughs) I love this. That's amazing. Sorry, I had to laugh. That was the best question I've gotten in 150 (laughs) <laughs> for me, for me, the meaning of life is what you make of it, but I'm happy to create, to give you my definition. Sure. So everyone's, yeah, of course, everyone's going to get happiness from different ways, right? For me, especially for those who are listening, who have seen the free, the documentary, a free solo, if you haven't, yeah. I highly recommend it. It's a documentary about a guy who climbed the biggest wall in the world with no rope. It's kind of insane. It's crazy. And what that documentary taught me was people derive happiness from different ways. Some people look for family. Other people look for stability. Other people look for calmness. Other people look for vacation. You know, everyone's different. For me, I want to do something great. I'm not going to live a long time. I probably has what, like 40 years? I'm 24 now. I might live for another 50 years. Maybe even 20. I mean, the head of Black Panther today died at 43, which is a shame. Sure, very sad news. Right. It's very sad, but it's also in a wake-up call, right? I mean, Kobe Bryant didn't die at 70, he died at 41. It's a wake-up call for all of us. So for me, I'm assuming that I'm going to die at 40. So if I'm going to die at 40, what brings me happiness? And what brings me happiness is doing something amazing, like doing something worth talking about after I'm dead. That's all I care about in life. I don't care about a BMW. I don't give a shit about a Rolex. Sure. Can I afford those things? Maybe. Does that matter? Absolutely not. What matters 
is doing something amazing. And the worst thing, the thing that would drive me crazy is if I died and all of this knowledge was stuck in my head. Wouldn't that be such a shame for humanity, like for the human race? That's why I spend $20,000 on video production every year, because I want the world to know this information. That is what derives my meaning. But the point I'm driving for you that's listening is for you, that meaning might be different. So if you want your weekends to spend time with your kids, my only question is, why are you only spending one day with them? Why are you only spending one if you want to spend two? That's the key. Everyone should find their own meaning. And the only way to do that is to be more insane. And once you figure out that, you know, getting married, having two and a half kids and having a white picket fence in a house, which is all weird. I don't know why we all do that. Once we start making decisions that only make sense to us, then we could figure out what, what meaning of life means for us. That's super interesting, Brendan. I love your take on that. <laughs> so I'm just going to leave the floor now. You just say anything you want to say, anything, because, you know, everybody in the world listens to this podcast. <laughs> That's a joke <laughs> I like to make. So just say anything, man. Of course, of course. I, I think the only thing I've left to say for people is if you have an idea, right? You know, and a, an idea doesn't mean having a podcast. It doesn't mean having a big YouTube channel or any of that stuff. It means something that you want to share with somebody else, you know, whether it's somebody that you love, whether it's, I don't know, uh, groceries that you want to buy, whether it's a cupcake recipe you want to share with people. I believe, and Master Talk is built on this idea that everyone has a great idea. Because if we all lived in a world where we all shared our ideas, we all thought about what we, you know, what we thought about, and we're not afraid to share those ideas and have an open dialogue with people. And we were all open to that conversation. The world would just be a better place. We would have a lot more perspectives on the table. We would understand how to navigate all of the troubles that we currently have. And we wouldn't have these issues. We wouldn't have all of this, you know, BLM movements. We wouldn't have all of this stuff. We would just all live in peace, right? So my ask for people is if there's an idea you want to share with the world, don't wait. Start sharing it because it will affect somebody, I'm sure. That's super interesting. People live in fear now and they don't bring out their ideas because they fear how it might be perceived. People just, you know, people critique other people's ideas because without even listening or trying to get them. I mean, it's super weird, you know? Absolutely, man. Completely agree. Yeah, man. So I think that's it for me today, man. Awesome. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and leave five stars on this podcast. Also connect with me on Instagram and Twitter at Hinted Neuron. Find the links in the description to connect with Brendan. See you next week. And until then, stay curious.